Welcome Horror Fanatics and Maniacs of the Macabre. This is the Horror Hound, and I will be your humble host for this episode. This is episode 14 of the Horrorverse, and I will be discussing a comparison of the Poltergeist movies. First, Tobe Hooper's rendition that was released in 1982, then Gil Keenan's 2015 version. My first question is, why anyone has even bothered remaking the sufficiently scary 1982 original? For almost 40 years, director Toe Hooper's PG-rated horror classic has existed and made us afraid of closets, new housing developments, televisions that are on past midnight with the static and clowns. Is it any good? Sort of. Let's break down the similarity and differences. They linger in a perpetual dream state. A nightmare from which they cannot wake. My spidey senses are telling me that the horror universe is getting a little tired of remakes are often kind of pointless. Films like Nightmare on Elm Street for the most part just repeat all the classic moments from the original movie but usually in a far less successful way. However, a decent number of horror remakes are surprisingly effective like Evil Dead, which takes a spirit of the original but changes things up with a new protagonist and new scares. When I found out there was a going to be a remake of Poltergeist, the question became, what kind of remake would this be? The original Poltergeist, directed by Tobe Hooper and produced by Steven Spielberg, is a magnificent little horror movie. It's scary as hell, but it's a product of its time, opening on the national anthem playing on television before the station shuts down for the night. Hey, I remember those days. <laughs> That's something that would leave kids today scratching their heads. The subtext of the film is very much about technophobia, tapping into a fear of the telly that was terrifying in the 1980s but isn't quite as relatable today. The new Poltergeist, directed by Gil Keenan, attempts to take the classic and update for its modern times, combining new technology and fears for the new generation. As far as remakes go, it isn't bad, you know, falling somewhere between Nightmare on Elm Street and The Evil Dead. It surely can't compare to the Toe Hooper version, though. With that in mind, let's talk about what Keenan did by examining 10 key differences between the 1982 film and the 2015 film. We're watching the original portrait, guys, and it might be a bit surprising how late into the movie a lot of the most famous scenes happen. The moments with the, when the clown doll and the skeletons in the backyard don't happen until the last 10 minutes. The movie is extremely patient, and that's part of what makes it so effective. The remake isn't quite as patient because neither are we as an audience. In this version, the 2015 version, the sequence involving the clown doll happens about halfway through the film before Maddie is taken to the spirit world. In the original, the sequence happens after Carol Ann has been rescued and after we think everyone is safe. There, the moment is saved for the end, but the remake would rather space out the scares and a bit more to get the moment with the clown earlier. So, which is better? Overall, the original is more effective at building a sense of dread. We keep seeing the clown and keep waiting for it to do something. And then finally, at the very end, it strikes. On the positive side, the new version is not as slow and often tedious as the original, but that arguably makes the last act less effective because there isn't much of a buildup. So the first thing I'm going to um, compare is the kids are more involved. In the original movie, the mother, Diane, is highly involved in figuring out what's going on. Early in the film, she sees the poltergeist bending silverware and moving chairs around the room. She's pretty much convinced there's something wrong from the start, and in fact, she tries to actively investigate it. 
In the remake, the kids are far more involved than the parents, and when the first set of major events happen, the parents aren't even home. The equivalent scene to the furniture moving sequence instead happens to the son, the son Griffin, I believe, and in this version, the mother doesn't really experience anything paranormal until Maddie is taken. Instead, the parents pretty much think the kids are just imagining things until they see it for themselves later on. And while in the original version, it's, it's Diane who gets into the spirit world to rescue Carol Ann. In this version, it's the son. This change honestly doesn't matter too much, and it arguably makes things a bit scarier in the remake, especially for younger viewers. It's so scary and frustrating to just want the parents to believe the kids, but knowing that they are going to be ignored until it's too late. That is admittedly kind of a cliche of the genre, but it's not a bad change to give the remake a new perspective. Um, additionally, there are more scenes. Um, the original Poltergeist is all about television, expressing fear over the technology that a lot of people were having. The spirits take Carol Ann through the television set, and that's how the characters can communicate with her. In 2015, television isn't quite as prominent in our lives anymore, or at least it isn't the only important screen in our homes. To update the story for more, um, more modern audiences, the remake makes a use of a larger variety of screens, including tablets and smartphones. There is a sequence where the oldest daughter, Kendra, experiences some strange interference on her iPhone. And other where the mom's tablet is acting weird. Well, that's your problem. iPhones suck anyway. I'm kidding. Relax. I'm not a big fan of Apple. Moving on. This change is a wise move, adapting the spirit of the original but having it make sense for modern times. The original relied on static and white noise while this one relies more on technical glitches. It wouldn't be as scary for audiences today to have everything confined to the television sets, and having the spirit being able to also move through phones, tablets, and really anything with electricity is a nice little update. More of the spirit world. This is a huge change to the last act of the movie. In the original film, we never really see to the spirit world where that Carol Ann travels to. What it looks like is left completely up to your imagination. In the remake, we see inside the other realm using a drone. The son Griffin has a drone with a camera attached to it. And in the last act, the drone is sent inside the portal to see, well, so what, what can they can see? What does it look like inside? Well, well let's find out, shall we? Ooh, scary. Anyway, well, it basically looks like a dimly lit version of the house, but with creepy spirits and skeletons everywhere, constantly reaching out to grab the character. Also, while in the original, we only ever hear Carol Ann. In this version, we get glimpses of her shadow, running around the house, and at one scene, the spirit tricks the father into thinking he sees Maddie hiding in the closet. On the one hand, it's sometimes better to leave things to our imagination. But on the other hand, what's the point of doing a remake and everything's going to be kept the same? This new take on the spirit world is creepy and interesting and helps keep the remake feeling fresh and not just like a bland copy of the original. The Creepy Clown that crown, that clown did creep the fuck out of me, by the way. Just saying. When I first saw this movie when I was a kid, uh-uh. Never had a, uh, a damn clown doll in my room ever ever since then. Even at 40, almost 42 years old, I refuse to have a clown doll. Let's talk about the clown. Some of you are saying, well, let's not and say we did, right? <laughs> I get it. One of the most iconic scenes of the original film takes place towards the end when a clown doll becomes possessed and attacks the sun. It's kind of minimalist in that way we don't really see the clown moving around a lot. Robbie looks like under the bed, and when he comes back up, the clown is right behind him. The clown sequence, also in the remake, 
but there are a few differences. For one, here the clown is one of many creepy dolls Griffin finds from a previous owner, whereas the original is the only one. But this time, the doll also moves around a lot more, jumping across the room straight at Griffin and attacking him. We see a lot of its movement, whereas the original, much of it is unseen. For the most part, the clown works well in the remake, and there's a great addition of a pull-string nose that adds a fantastic sense of dread as we follow the string across the floor. But seeing more of the doll does arguably make things a bit less scary. The doll moves around a little too much in this one, and while it mostly looks good as a special effect, sometimes it's better to keep things to our imaginations. Like, burn the damn thing. Also, there are more skeletons. In both versions of the movie, we find out that the house was built where a cemetery once was, but apparently all the bodies were moved to a different location. Later on, we find out they weren't moved, only the, the headstones were. In the original, that's a realization the characters have towards the very end, and it's sort of a fun last-minute twist on all the craziness that's happening. In this version, the 2015 version, the parents find out about halfway through, and while in the original, we only see the skeletons for one sequence. The remake makes heavy use of the skeleton imagery. We see the very human-looking spirits through the, throughout the place of the terrifying monster-looking spirit towards the end of the original. There's also an added scene where the oldest daughter's foot is grabbed by a skeleton as the floor fills with its creepy black ooze. In the original, the skeletons were just a quick scare towards the end, but here there's a major part of the film's imagery. Both versions are very different, but both work. On the other hand, the monster we see in the original is cool and unique looking, and there really isn't anything as unique in this version. The skeletons here are creepy, but how many times have we seen creepy skeletons in a horror film? Getting kind of redundant, yeah? The face peeling scene, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. This is one instance where the original version is very clear and more effective. One of the great scenes from the first Poltergeist was the face peeling scene, where Steven hallucinates ripping the flesh off his own face before quickly snapping back to reality. Oh my god! So, yeah, it, it's shockingly gruesome, and the special effects look amazing, and are still incredibly memorable, uh, I'm sorry, memorable today. The team behind this remake perhaps realized they wouldn't be able to emulate that, so they go for something entirely different. Instead of skin peeling off, this time the father hallucinates there are being a bunch of worms crawling over his face and blood coming from his eyes. It is very commendable that they tried something new, but this just does not work nearly as well. We also barely even get to see anything with just a quick shot of his face from the reflection of the faucet. The original really reveled in showing us the gory details and that's sadly missing here. With this one, there's no question the remake doesn't hold the candle to the original scene, to the point where they really should have even bothered. The Closet. Eh, this scene was okay. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. In both versions, the daughter character is taking the spirit world through a closet. But the scene after being taken is a little different than this one. In the original, Caroline is physically sucked into the portal. She tries to grab onto her bed, but she can't hold it any longer and she flies across the room from her bed into the closet. We don't really see much else except the glowing light coming from part of the room. The new version foreshadows Maddie's closet quite a bit, with that being where she talks to the spirits early in the movie. Here, though, she isn't sucked into the portal. Instead, she voluntarily walks into the closet and is surrounded by spirits who eventually grab her and close the doors behind her. Once again, we're seeing more of the other side more than the daughter's perspective, whereas in the original, we really don't see much 
other than glowing white light. This change makes sense, and the cinematic being taken is far creepier in this version. Kerrigan Burke! This house is clean. Anyway, in the original movie, the family initially calls a team of paranormal investigators to check out the house, and then they call in a spiritual medium, Tangina Barrens. In this version, a paranormal investigator is called a new character, Kerrigan Burke, a TV personality who has a ghost hunters type show where he cleans houses with spirits in them. Sounds like a scam, right? Anyway, this one is kind of a superficial change, although what's more significant is the role of these characters in the film. In the original, Tangina is just there to explain things, but here, Kerrigan takes a more active role in the plot. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> At the end of the film, when it's clear the spirits aren't going to let the Bowen family leave, he realizes he's the only one who can stop things, and so he goes through the portal himself. If you haven't seen the 2015 version, I just spoiled it for him. Sorry. And finally, Carol Ann's famous line, They're here! Here. On the next episode of the Horrorverse, do you like stories of exorcism and the devil? Based on the life of one of the most famous exorcists of America, Father Gary Thomas, this movie will scare the hell out of you. Join me as I discuss the movie The Right. The film is based on the book The Right, The Making of a Modern Exorcist by Matt Baglio and covers the time spent in Rome by him and Father Gary Thomas. Thank you for listening, and please support the podcast by subscribing to the Horrorverse on the following platforms. Anchor FM, Breaker Radio, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify.